welcome to the comic book rundown. previous covers check out our last four episodes so i'll mention this in passing um issue 12 and 13 of wonder woman are in the middle of the millennium crossover story arc um i'll mention it i, I gotta mention it here because it plays a tiny part uh in these two issues that gets resolved in the millennium story which we will be covering Probably not later this year, but we'll be covering it. We'll be covering it soon. We, I gotta get some stuff lined up first before we can get to Millennium. Kind of what we did with Legends, what we did with Crisis. Gotcha. Um, gotta keep. I, I like trying to keep everything, you know, in tow. So I mentioned that because, like I said, there'll there'll be a few different scenes that play out. We'll uh, we'll we'll get to them when we get to them. But we start out. Where kind of where we left off. Uh, we're at Doom's doorway. It has been opened again to uh, Hippolyta. She has gone through, and she even said that you know the appearance of uh, her feathered companion, the Vulture, has great influence in this whole unholy realm. Doom's doorway cracked just wide enough to admit me, then slammed shut once more behind. So this just leads credence that whatever creature this is. Her portraying as the vulture, yes, has power. So as she's going, she's trying to climb down because there's no steps, because the stairway is gone. Uh, these the demon bats that killed Eddie uh, are flying up again and attacking <laughs> Hippolyta. Um, but she quickly disperses them. She's got you know oil and uh, she she puts it in her shield, lights it on fire. With her flint and steel. And, Let's call uh, it what it is. It's a lighter. And you, right? Like, it, she's doing one-handed, which is amazing. But, like, it's it's a, it's, it's a lighter. Like, how, yeah. how did she get that? Like, what the hell? She stole it from Steve Trevor. He doesn't know it yet. He's going to go light up a cigarette and be like, wait, where where did I put my lighter? <laughs> if, she, if he hadn't figured it out in these long, long months... Look, sure. he, left, he left it in his winter jacket, okay? He thought okay. he left it in his winter jacket because it was his winter jacket lighter. And, uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, but speaking of uh, Steve, he is now at uh, his aunt and uncle's house where his dead dad is laying in bed. Um, I question this because when he landed, his dad passed an hour before. Yeah. And him and Edda flew commercial, which means that, that took at least three hours to get their luggage. Well, I was gonna oh. say I was gonna say at least an hour to get their luggage. Yeah. So that's two hours. So this Plus dead body. Plus, how long it takes to drive there? Correct. So this dead body has been sitting in that bed for at least two hours, probably more. What the fuck? Oh, so it's sitting in a uh, pile of its own. Um excrement because well, yes. that's kind of how the body works. Yes. And the reason why Steve is crying is not just because his 
not just because his dad uh, passed away, but because the smell is burning his oh, eyes. I'm not, I wasn't talking <laughs> about the crying. I was just talking about the fact that there's a dead body laying in bed and no, and nobody's been called. Like, you know, it was, it was back in the eighties. You didn't have to worry about stuff like that. You could just drop it off on the side of the road and then they'd be like, Oh, must've done drugs. <laughs> but this man is a decorated military, you know, air force colonel or something. So you're saying he definitely did drugs. I'm confused. Yes, well, that too. Um, but so he is, Steve's talking to his dad, you know, apologizing for not being there, yep. being, being able to talk to him at, at the end. And um, while that's going on, Edda is talking to his aunt, mm-hmm. and he's like, whoa, who's the banger in the picture? And uh, she's like, oh, that's Steve's mom. And she's like, damn, I'd have hit that. And, well, uh, and it, it's <clears throat> very interesting because, oh, then she asked what her name was, and her aunt or uh, Steve's aunt is like oh it was Diana and then we pan over the next page and look there's Diana it looks a lot like Steve's mom and Diana's like Diana and then Diana's like yeah I am Diana (laughs) so it got me kind of confused at first I'm like well hold on now how the hell did did it was confused like what how, how did Diana get named by named Diana if this was Steve's the namesake mom. and it was Steve's mom like where where what what the fuck I mean they do kind of sort of explain it but also they don't because how old is Diana supposed to be right the, exactly she's I mean she if we say she grew up you know in normal time I would say Diana's probably in her 20s somewhere okay, that's what I thought too but I also got the feeling that they were on Paradise Island for a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that she was on Paradise Island for decades, but she aged slowly. Correct. That, that's my assumption is, too. Um, but, you know, Temescara, Paradise Island, it is in a funky time warp of sorts. Being outside of, like, imperceptible to man's world. So maybe that kind of did something to, to I guess to whatever uh, comic book logic at its yeah. finest so I mean honestly we, we'll, we'll go through this I'll, I'll go through this with just Diana's namesake first um, and we'll get that backstory which again I'm going to touch on this she was a teen she actually flew she's from she's from Earth she's from Man's World um, as a teenager which I'm assuming 16, 17 somewhere in that that time frame. Yeah. Um, she was flying planes for um, whoever. She became what was called the Barnstormer. Um, and then she met Steve's dad, Ulysses, Lieutenant uh, Ulysses uh, Steven. Trevor. Trevor. And this was back in like the 30s, I guess. Uh, in November 8th of 1940, she became Mrs. Lieutenant Ulysses Stephen Trailer. Yeah, Tra- so Trevor. when they when they met, um, and this is not the first time I'm going to say this uh, in our recording session, not this one, where an older gentleman met a underage kid and waited until they were of age before they had a relationship. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, but so this all plays out is... Yeah, she is Steve Trevor's mom. Uh, she joined the war, and she even mentions that you know while they were while flying a plane. I don't think the uh, 
Japanese cared who, or the Germans cared who they were um, fighting, who they were shooting at, women or not, they were shooting down American planes. Uh, but the Can war we, uh, ended. Real quick, talk about how much of a fucking giant uh, Steve's mom is. What do you mean? She stands like a full head taller than Diana. Well, she's on rocks. No, no, no. If you look at it when they're standing side by side, she's they're still at the same level. Right, where? Hold on. No, maybe, whatever. Does it matter? Uh, it kind of matters because that means that uh, uh, Steve's dad was a, a giant giant. Okay. <laughs> well, Steve is no slouch himself. Like, he's pretty tall. He's average at best. Mm. Okay. His mom's like six foot five. So his dad would have to be like seven foot tall. Not impossible. True. But, uh, I, cause I assume that Diana, our Diana is, you know, at least six five, foot. seven, five, nine, somewhere. No, there. I would say she's at least six foot because she towers over normal men. Oh, that's right. So yeah. Okay. So she's at least six foot. So in that case, that makes, uh, Steve like six, two. Yeah, but that makes his mom like seven foot tall and his dad like seven foot three. Okay, well, whatever. It's a biggie. Except, how would they fit in the cockpit of a plane? Uh, specially made cockpit. They they look like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, regardless, so it has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> continue on with, with uh, Diana Trevor. Um, we get a a moment here with uh, Steve and Etta and his aunt, his family looking at old pictures and Steve mentions that there's a picture of, of her in this bomber jacket and he's like, yeah, that's the last time I saw her in that jacket because he was, um, she left on a special mission just for, just before her, his birthday, just for Christmas. Um, and we see that mission that we, we that forgot the whole pan. I'm doing oh, okay. just hit this part first gotcha. and then we'll jump back to, to Hippolyta and Pam. Um, we see the plane, the plane that Diana saw, which was, uh, this Diana's. Okay. I, I'm going to say Diana. I'm going to say Wonder Woman. So we know. So, cause I don't want to keep saying Diana, Diana, Diana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Diana's plane, which is the one the Wonder Woman saw, it got struck by lightning. It had this bad storm. It crashed into the ocean and Diana, uh, came up onto like she, she, wash up onto the mascara well she wakes up she sees this lightning coming out she pulls out her gun this is the same gun that the amazons had that was for the the flashing thunder trial uh which was a nice key element she goes rushing into this this cave comes to doom's doorway and sees all the amazons trying to Hold back, Costas, uh, Codas, uh, um, and so she, you know, puts a couple bullets into Codas, uh, and you know she actually she dies protecting the Amazons. Well, yeah, because she sees um, uh, Philippus uh, get uh, and, taken and um, Manipulus. Yeah, I can't remember and her name. So she she Manipulous goes through the doorway to uh, and. The blast from her gun makes a, a, a flash so bright that it actually, uh, I believe that's what um, scares Kodas away. Yep. And then they're able to give her a uh, proper um, Amazonian funeral 
uh, and they make two sets of armor. Yeah, because that's what they were told to do was make two sets of identical armor. <clears throat> and one was put on to Diana Trevor, and when they gave her the the funeral pyre, yep, and then the other one was put in a vault to yep. later be used by whoever was worthy. Yes, and so Hades shows up, and um, we see him basically talking to Diana Trevor, saying, "Hey, your time is your time has come. Um, there's somebody waiting for you." And as this as this is all going on, and Diana is telling one woman the final things of like, "Hey, yeah, so you are tied to Steve. You've got a bigger destiny coming forward, and you know, basically watch out for Steve." Um, we see the funeral of Steve's dad, Ulysses, and they're you know putting him in the ground, and he is um, he's happy that Edda is there with him at this time because you know it's just. It's it's a moment, and I've we've all been there. A loved one is is gone. We we all need that someone someone there to help us yep. out. Uh, but he also has a a one last memory of when he was younger. He thought it was a dream of his mom coming to him and um, comforting him, and it kind of puts a smile on his face. He 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 was really happy with that. Yep. All right, so now we're going to jump back to uh, Hippolyta and her, I guess, not trials, but her um, issues. Quest to save uh, Diana. Yeah, so she goes, she's wandering through, and at this point, Pan grabs some bones from the Hydra. It's the Hydra's teeth. Um, oh, is it teeth? Okay, so, so in, in uh, Greek mythology... Um, you could you, you could plant the Hydra's teeth in a field and it would grow an army of uh, skeleton really? soldiers. Did not know that. Which is where they got this from. Okay. Well, that, I mean, I, that makes sense, yes. But I didn't know that was a, an actual it's, Greek mythology. I thought it was just something um, Pan did here. Fuck, I can't even remember what story it is now. But yeah, it's... Um, I want to say it's Jason and the Argonauts, maybe? You know, that sounds right. I'm, I'm feeling like that. I, I'm. I think you might be right. Anyways, um, but yeah, so he plants these. These, I think he grabs seven of them. Well, maybe it's just three. I don't know because only three a pop up. Of them. Yeah, um, he plants them, and then as uh, Hippolyta is walking by, Pan plays his flute, and the this these three skeletal warriors rise up. Do, do, do. Oh, so battle ensues. Hippolyta basically decimates two of them real quick, uh, and then the third one, she even she gives a warning like, "Hey, um, you know, you you see your two companions there? They're gone. So you can you can leave, or you can end up like them." And the skeleton, you know, doesn't say anything because he's skeleton. You're not my supervisor. Oh, and he goes out in the in a Slash of glory. But he does um, end up uh, nicking her with his flaming sword. Yep. So, Hippolyta continues on, comes up to the Pillar of Wales, um, and is having a trouble trying to, like, think and, and think clearly. Uh, and then the vulture comes back and just stares into the Pillar, and it stops wailing, so yay, I guess. Uh, and then leads... Hippolyta into the correct tunnel. 
and she follows, and Pan sees this and is like, "Well, that's not good, but I'm uh I'm still gonna get mine. I'm still gonna go uh, screw over Diana, uh, Wonder Woman." And so he does. He he continues on to what he's doing, and after Diana's done with Hades and 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 Diana Trevor, uh, she continues on her quest and comes to Pan. And this is the part that is connected to the Millennium crossover. Yeah. Where Pan is like, hey, so it turns out that uh, my trial for you is to go help the Green Lanterns with the these Manhunters. They are being a problem, so you need to go, you need to leave here and go there. And, you know, she does. Yeah, because, I mean, she's like, that's part of the trials, and I guess that's what I have to do. Yeah. So, and then we see, uh, as she leaves through the portal, Pan's like, uh, farewell, little fool. So he's he's up to something. Uh, Hippolyta is climbing down. She's gone down some steps. She gets attacked by some harpies. Um, and as she falls off of uh, the precipice, she digs her axe into the stone, only for it to like scream at her and as she looks over there is Heracles in a giant stone statue yeah but it's alive so it's like oh god this is this is not good Uh, and that's where we end this issue